0: This week, Google patches Pixel, Nexus, Chrome, and Android. Apple still stinks at communicating security so-called bugs. Keyless entry systems are, are vulnerable. Essentially, without a key, you can gain access to them. I guess, is that what makes them keyless? I'm not sure. We'll find out in that story. A new iOS jailbreak, just when I thought those were so five years ago, and a $1.4 credentialed password leak. Jason Wood of Palo and Security will join us this week and ask, ask you, are you putting off plans to strengthen your data security? It could cost you your job. All that and more on this episode of Hack Naked News. This is Security Weekly, for security professionals, by security professionals. Broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island, it's the show that brings you the security news each week. And despite popular belief, we do wear pants. It's Hack Naked News.
1: Most of the organizations uh, I work with, they have, have released, yes, you read it, actually do uh, the original Linux Pro. So I hope everybody
0: has their resistance built up. Brought to you by Make sure your team is prepared to fight off the latest cybersecurity threat. IT Pro TV is the resource to keep you and your IT team skills up to date. You can stream IT Pro TV's courses live and on demand worldwide, so there's no need to send staff to off site training. Their team solution provides access to a supervisor portal for full control over your team's training schedule and group analytics. Go to ITPro.tv forward slash hacknaked and use the code HN30 to try it free for seven days and receive 30%. Percent off your monthly membership for the lifetime of your active subscription. To learn more about IT Pro TV's team solution, sign up for a free demo of their supervisor portal. Do you have a website, an external presence, employees, an office? Any of these things can be compromised and attacked. How are you defending these assets? Have you penetration tested these public assets? Start 2017 by taking a proactive approach to securing your vulnerable areas. Black Hills Information Security has been helping companies find their weaknesses since 2008. Email consulting at blackhillsinfosec.com and see how they can help you sleep better at night. Welcome everyone to Hack Naked News. That's right, this is episode 153. It is December 12th, 2017. I'm your host, Paul Asadorian joining you live from G-Unit Studios. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today or whenever you happen to be watching or listening to the program. If you do watch or listen to the program, you're going to want to check out our fine friends at ITPro.TV. Visit ITPro.TV forward slash HackNaked. HN30 is your discount code. Try it free for seven days and get 30% off your monthly membership for the lifetime of your active subscription all things IT Pro TV is a lot of fun to keep up with your training needs as you go. There are also several webcasts available on demand from Security Weekly. You can go to securityweekly.com forward slash on demand and check out our on demand webcast. Register anytime and consume great content that we do from Security Weekly and our lovely sponsors so in the news this week google patches critical encryption bug impacting pixel and nexus phones threat post reports google patched a critical encryption bug found in its pixel pixel 2 and nexus phones this week along with delivering 49 other fixes part of its december pixel slash nexus security bulletin five of the patches relate to vulnerabilities rated high one of the patches cve 2017 13167 is for an elevation of privilege vulnerability and for others could open the door for a denial of service attack according to Google. The only critical patch CVE 2017-14907 is tied to a bug in the Qualcomm closed source components that weakens the cryptographic strength of the handset while it derives a disk encryption key uh, according to Google. So go ahead and patch your phones uh, the Update was like over a gig and took uh, quite some time, even on my Pixel XL2, uh, which I updated just prior to the show. This, this show is very much a reminder that I need to go patch my stuff, so it works out well for me. And when you listen to this, you should go patch your stuff too, uh, especially if you're using keyless entry locks. Threatpost is also reporting some research from the fine, our fine friends at Dell SecureWorks. Are uh, warning of a vulnerability in two keyless entry products that could allow local attackers to lock and unlock doors and create illegitimate RFID badges by sending unauthenticated requests to affected devices. <coughs> Excuse me. Impacted are two AMAG technology symmetry IP-based access door controllers used in keyless door models EN1DBC and EN2DBC. Researchers say that if the devices are deployed with default configurations, attacker could abuse the systems by sending unauthenticated requests to door controllers via, via serial communications over TCP IP. Check out the wiki where you can find a link to that story and get some more of the technical details. Um, very interesting how <coughs> you can create a legitimate uh, badge. Excuse me. <coughs> we'll get back to the news uh, as for this, after the this short tea break. And we're back. Android flaw poisons signed apps with malicious code. Among the four dozen vulnerabilities Google patched this week was a fix for a bug that allowed attackers to inject malicious code into Android apps without affecting an app signature verification certificate. The technique allows an attacker to circumvent device anti-malware protection and escalate privileges on targeted devices with uh, a signed app that appears to be from a trusted publisher, according to researchers. So if you don't update your Android operating system and automatically update all apps, uh, you might as well just hand your phone over to attackers, so make sure you do that because there are issues. Google again in the news. Chrome 63 is offering even more protection from malicious sites. This one's interesting for enterprise users. This update allows for some enterprise security features to be added into Google Chrome. The first is the ability to truly block all communications between tabs, including those initiated by JavaScript. Currently, there's some loosey-goosey ways in which tabs can communicate with each other. Not enabled by default, but this new feature will allow you to lock that down. Now, this comes with the cost of 10 to 20% more memory usage, which Chrome is already taking up, probably 80-90% of the memory on your system, uh, and therefore is disabled by default. The other feature allows administrators to block extensions based on behavior. For example, you can block all extensions that request access to the clipboard. Great for our enterprise users and maybe some features you want to enable at home if you can spare the 10 to 20% memory increase of that that first feature I mentioned. Apple's in the news as a HomeKit flaw has left smart gadgets vulnerable. Now, not much in the way of details here. Well, it is Apple and it is a security issue, so what more could you expect? Yep, that was a dig. Uh, In any case, there is a vulnerability, though referenced as a flaw or a bug, but it's a vulnerability, folks. Uh, in Apple HomeKit, Apple states the fix temporarily disables remote access to shared users, which will be restored in a software update early next week. This fix occurred on Apple servers, so you don't have to patch anything. However, Apple claims this vulnerability is difficult to exploit, whatever that means in this context, because we really don't have much context. So thanks, Apple, I, I, I think. I'm not sure researchers discover hidden keylogger in hp keyboard drivers uh, users of a number of different hp laptops are urged to update drivers after security researcher michael ming revealed a potential keystroke keylogger risk with the integrated synaptics touchpad driver i mean cool that there's a built-in keystroke logger which i'm sure hp is saying there was a debugging purpose from that from a, a third-party vendor uh why you would leave that in is very interesting however Attackers can always just install their own keystroke logger, so really nothing uh, to write home about. However, if you do have these drivers on those HP models, you probably want to get them updated. Google is in the news yet again. This time, a Google researcher releases iOS exploit code that could enable an iOS 11 jailbreak. As promised this week, Google Project Zero researcher Ian Beer now publicly disclosed an exploit that works on almost all 64-bit Apple devices running iOS 11.1.2 or earlier, which can be used to build an iOS jailbreak, allowing users to run apps from non-Apple sources. On Monday morning beer shared the details of the exploit dubbed TFTP0, which lever- leverages a double free memory corruption vulnerability in the kernel the core of the operating... Well, of course, it's the core of the operating system. We know that. Uh, Here, TFTP0 stands for task for PID0 or the kernel task port, which gives users full control over the core operating system component, uh, aka the kernel. And here I thought jailbreaking was so five years ago. I suppose this is interesting. Jailbreaking iOS just really means you should just go out and buy a a cheap Android phone or tablet if you desire that level of control. Collection of 1.4... Billion, that's billion with a B, plain text leaked passwords found circulating online. That's a ton of passwords and usernames. 41 gigabytes to be exact. Um, the collective database that contains plain text credentials leaked from Bitcoin, Pastebin, LinkedIn, MySpace, Netflix, Uporn, Last.fm, Zeusk, Badu, Redbox, games like Minecraft and Runscape, and credential lists like anti public exploit.in. Wow, it's a lot of passwords and a lot of sources. So time to change your passwords and your YouPorn. Why would you create an account on Uporn? I don't understand. In any case, it's time to change your passwords uh, and maybe throw in some two-factor authentication. With that, we're going to take a very short break. Come back and talk to Mr. Jason Wood from Paladin Security. Stay tuned. Has your network been breached? Cyber Reason can help you answer this question. Cyber Reason products hunt for threats within your network and eliminate them in real time. To Cyber Reason, real time means within seconds. Founded by former military hackers who don't play by the rules, they've built this experience into their platform. Harness ingenuity and imagination, not just code to defeat attackers. Cyber Reason, disrupt the adversary and let the hunt begin. Ooh, welcome back, everyone, to Hack Naked News. Chris Martin will step into the hot seat. You can go to securityweekly.com forward slash logarithm and join this webcast to learn. Uh, it'll be tomorrow, and you're going to learn how logarithm can help you with a number of different things that you may think of logarithm. Oh, well, that's just a SIM. No, it's more than that. They're on the endpoint. They're on the network. They integrate with your SIM or can be your SIM, and they integrate threat intelligence. They can help you with email phishing end-user behavior analytics, and more. So if you want to hear all about that, make sure you tune in tomorrow, December 13th, securityweekly.com forward slash LogRhythm. That's L-O-G-R-H-Y-T-H-M for those spelling challenged like myself. Mr. Jason Wood is here with us. Jason, welcome to the program today. What are we talking about in this expert commentary segment, Jason?
1: Well, we're talking about a post written by Tim Critchley, who is the CEO of Semaphone. It's a security consultancy in uh, in the UK. And he wrote up this article on InfoSec Island titled, Putting Off Plans to Strengthen Days of Security? It Could Cost You Your Job. And so it was kind of an interesting read. Um, it really, in some ways, it's trying to, I think, put some of the fear of, of God into us about uh, our our own positions if we are putting things off. Uh, One of the things he comments on is, you know, for example, is we deal with things like the urgent fire of the day, but don't take care of long-term projects. But, you know, really having been in that position, it's not a terribly simple task to try and balance things like uh, some kind of crisis that's arrived and and something that is a not yet screaming issue, but something is important that you need to take care of. Um, you know, some of the problems we run into is we don't have people to, to work on projects, uh, like that. Um, we are facing pressure to cut costs. I've, or just not spent any money whatsoever. I remember begging for really not terribly much money, um, for anything. Um, but, uh, you know, begging for a thousand dollars to buy a piece of software while we were spending tons of money for things that would, uh, enhance the improvement of our database systems. So, you know, it could be very frustrating uh, trying to balance this, but I think Tim makes some pretty good points inside of of his uh, his article. So that's why I wanted to bring that out. Um, He made the comment in here that, let me pull this up. Uh, Some of the problems that, one of the problems that people have is they sometimes feel like Maybe there's a low risk that they're gonna get hit because they're just a small company. So why would anybody go after them? Um, I think we've got a lot of news out there that indicates that the size of the company and how high profile it is doesn't necessarily equate to the likelihood of having a breach uh, occur. Um, So if we're putting things off because of that, because of low head count, or we don't have expertise and stuff like that, he's making some points on how we can start to address that. Uh, because it could cost us, it could cost, you know, we've seen in the news with other breaches, security people are getting fired for that. Um, and, you know, I have thought it could be difficult if you had a high profile breach and you, your name made the news as somebody who was let go uh, because you were there, or just you have that conversation of, oh yeah, what happened last month as you're looking for a new job. Um, so some ideas he gives to start taking some steps to to get the support needed for some of these issues. And I, I wanted to highlight a couple of these. Probably the first and, and most important is come up with a vision of where you want to take things. You know, what is it you want to accomplish? Um, we probably got that kind of sketchy in our minds in somewhere, but you know, let's solidify that up and then take that to our management. You know, tell, tell that story uh, or paint that des- picture of that destination of where we want to go and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, That's going to go a long ways to helping you get support. So for example, one of the organizations I worked at, um, we were, you know, I I was the first security person and I started out as a systems administrator pushing into security. Um, One of the things that I used to to help paint a little bit of a vision where we wanted to go and to help improve some of the things we were dealing with is we were constantly getting hit with due diligence, questionnaires and assessments from our client, our clients or potential clients, rather. And that slowed down the the uh, the adoption and the sales pipeline to the organization, so it was a bit of a problem. Um, so what I came up with was the idea of, hey, here are some things we can do to address the uh, the overhead related to these due diligence questionnaires and sometimes remediation efforts that were being followed up on, to improve the speed at which we could get customers to adopt the platform. So you know that's an example of, hey. Here's a story that's compelling to the management of the company Uh, helped me out and helped out the organization itself with its financial health.
0: Jason, that's a really fantastic example of security adding value to the business. And and anytime you can spin it, not even spin it, but execute it as this is going to add value to the business, you're much more likely to get those process improvements. So if you can show that well, we're spending all this time doing X, Y, Z, you know, it'd be better if these groups followed this process to patch their systems, you know, by the way, you know, that makes their job easier and better. And it makes my job easier and better. And then we can go focus on things that maybe do hit the business. Or now we have a a report, like I love your example because now we have a report that says, yes, this is, you know, our vulnerability management uh, plan in a current state of vulnerabilities that we can deliver to a potential client to say we're doing our, our due diligence. So that's a great example.
1: Yeah, it made a big difference. Um, it, it really did. It made my life easier uh, as well, you know, being the security guy. But, um, you know, it, it's such a different conversation when the customer is driving the, the the assessment, right, versus, hey, here's all the information we have. And now they're reviewing it and coming back with questions. So uh, really helped. So I, I thought it was a good example as well, uh, and it leads into the next point we, that is talk cost to the C-suite, um, and this is something that, you know, I don't feel can be emphasized enough. In security, in technology, we like to talk tech. We like to talk about specific uh, people who are threats, who uh, who are trying to attack us and how they're attacking us, and the executives don't care. They don't want to know that information. They do want to know about costs. What could this do? They do want to know that, hey, we have people who are interested in attacking us. We have you know, some picture of maybe what some of their goals are and stuff like that from uh, related threat actors in the news and things like that. Um, here's what it could mean to us if we had a breach. We've got a lot of examples now on how much uh, breaches are really costing organizations You know, to respond to an incident. Um, impact to short-term impact to their reputation. Sometimes long-term things rebound and people forget, but uh, there is a hit in the short run. And so when we go and we have that conversation with the executives, don't get bogged down into the technical details. Uh, again, talk the costs that uh, that this could, that could lead to as well as what it costs to deal with it and address it. Um, They want to talk business. I sat in a meeting one time where the president of our company was talking to technology as a whole, not just security, but he made the comment flat out. He did not have the intellectual curiosity to really learn what we were doing. Um, and this was a technology focused company. So, uh, that's something you're going to run into and you have to deal with. He was a sales guy, you know, talk what's important to them, present your case in a way that makes sense to them little bit of a stretch for us you know essentially we're making kind of a sales pitch here but that helps us get the resources that we need be that software people or just support to do something i mean you will find if you are changing the secu- trying to change the security culture in your organization you're going to be unpopular with some individuals not necessarily everybody but some folks potentially influential in the company are not going to like what you're doing and so they're going to push back so you got to get that support um tim goes on to make some other points that you can go ahead and read the link is in the show notes um I, I just wanted to uh, add one more point in here, kind of on my own to add on to this, is the idea that um, when you're putting together your plan, you know, you, you, or your ideas for this, you may get shot down. So make sure you're putting together a plan, make it realistic. Here's what we need to do to address these things. Here are some actions we can start to take and let people know about it and have it documented, but let people know about it so that if and when something bad happens, you're not left, you know, with no chair to sit in. Um, you've got the documentation and the plan, and people know it because you've been talking about this to address things and start to turn the ship around. Uh, something I think is also useful and potentially, uh, you know, unfortunately, after we have a breach, that's when all of a sudden people want to start talking about spending money for our security. So there's some points to to consider as you look at security in your organization. How are you getting prepared to? Uh, to def- really defend yourself or you hot up in the day-to-day fires. Uh, hopefully those are some, some things that can help you out do your job and protect yourself.
0: Jason Wood from Paladin Security. Thank you for your expert commentary today and thank you everyone for listening and watching to this edition of Hacknick News. See you everyone next week.